0: going really well man how are you not too bad how about yourself oh good bro so i usually have another very talkative podcast co-host with me but he had to cancel at the last minute and i didn't want to cancel this so we're doing a special one-on-one edition of the death comes Lifting podcast today sir how all are right
1: no problem oh man what's going on not man just in the studio working on music as usual <laughs> You're working on more music when you just put out a new record yeah, I got another project that I do, man. It's like, um, it's coming up more like a 20 year anniversary of the band, so we're releasing a new record. Okay. What is that? It's a band called Imperial Crystalline Entombment. It's real like underground, like cult black metal. Dude, I mean, I don't want to
0: sound like I'm ignorant to it or whatever, but I had no idea how long you've been around and that's not me trying to call you old because i i no. dig you and that's not it's that not. <laughs> but i really uh, i really had no idea man So let, tell me a little bit about like yourself and your projects because i'm just interested to know honestly
1: man i think we did the first project we started it in like 1994 i was coming off of another band i don't know if you're um if you're familiar with old thrash metal and stuff like that sure bro yeah but- band called Hallow's Eve. I was jamming with some dudes in a, um, a band called, you know, like some past members from a band called Hallow's Eve and we just weren't cutting it. You know, they just weren't, you know, they weren't up to parts or standards. Not to say they're not good musicians. We were just going to different directions. Okay. So yeah, I started, man, that was my first record. I did it like, I started it in like 1994 and it didn't see the light of day until about 1996 when I went to Tampa and found a drummer uh, there and that that was the that was the start of the whole project man about 1996 was the first release we went into like a really world-renowned recording studio worked with the best death metal producer in the whole world at the time his name was scott burns i was gonna ask and just look him scott up burns? yeah dude every yeah everybody,
0: everybody. That knows death metal should know scott burns if for my listeners yeah. the play, like they'll they'll look him
1: up <laughs> yeah cannibal corpse i mean he's everybody. A legend man he's a legend, you know so yeah. that was actually my first real record i cut with my band and i did it with a legend so it was cool. like you know it was an amazing experience to me and the only reason we were to get Scott burns was for the drummer that I met at the time and he was he had a sort of an in with the guy so you know we went in there we recorded this mini CD called mansions of eternity and then from there we just just kept running how what, what was the experience like uh, working with burns man he was like the utmost professional I'm, I mean everything yeah. that he was 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 like magic at the time you know because I wasn't I was trying to get into engineering but, but I really wasn't that great at it at the time. I was still a young kid, you know, right out of high school. So just watching him, he was like just a magician, just working things. And it was the first time I ever saw somebody do triggers on drums and the way he did it and the way he was splicing tape together. It was was really like magic, just watching him work. And he's just the utmost. We did the CD in like, I think it was like three days. He worked so fast and I've sort of modeled myself after him with the speed and accuracy and just trying to trying to be like him man he's just an amazing so are you the uh engineer or producer of your own shit now yeah i mean i'm starting at about the third album and i think we're up to like nine or ten at this point yeah i've been every single album since the second one and um the second one i did with a guy in south carolina uh, uh bob moore and he had a studio called the sound lab. He did all the early nile records. I don't know if you're familiar with Nile or not. Definitely,
0: definitely. We had Carl on the podcast not too long ago.
1: Yeah, that killer man. Like so he wow, he yeah. did so I went to him for the second CD and by the third CD, me and this drummer at the time, we were saying, let's try to do this ourselves. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a little sickness going on or something. Oh, you're good, bro. You're good. But so we started, we did um we did something called Northern Lights, the the Northern Lights CD. We did it by myself or by ourselves in the garage at the time, which was um it was pretty much an experimental thing and it came out pretty good, honestly. It came out I liked it better than what we did at the Sound Lab. And then okay. from there, moved it out of the house into a real building and we've just been going ever since. And I mean that's what I do for a living. I um I make records for a living. Oh shit, man. I had no idea. That's awesome man. Yeah. I see it a little bit behind me. It's my um yeah. we're in the studio right now. Yeah man yeah. Okay. I mean I've been in the studio for like the past twenty five years where we're at uh maryland it's a place oh. called waltz maryland it's a pretty populated area about 20 okay. miles from washington dc oh, that's not bad it's probably like five hours away from me i'm in pittsburgh so oh yeah man it, it, that's back, exactly what it is about five hours i've been to pittsburgh yeah, a lot cool. so are you guys touring and supporting the new record or no i stopped touring man long long time ago i had i had my fix of the road and the road life yeah and, uh, Everything it was just it's just too much for me. You know we got some trouble on the road and like I yeah. decided when I was just going to be done with touring. Um, sometimes I'd like to do it again, but it's it's not, not likely. Okay, man. So you just make music for fun then, basically,
0: right? And then you you engineer and produce for, as for a living.
1: Yeah, that's what I do, man. I just sit here and make records all day long. You know, that's so, kind of like the dream, man. Well, that's what everybody says you know It's, uh, but I, that's what i told everybody i was going to do in high school you know i said everybody i'm gonna own a studio to make records for a living so yeah. now i get my own records for a living all my projects and then i get to make money off of it too so it's been all i've done man my whole life pretty much and where are you from man i'm from maryland but from maryland? okay yeah when i when i moved out right after high school i went down to atlanta and started playing down there i went to a music institute down there and then uh, from there, I sort of went down to Tampa to try to find, you know, better musicians. Everybody knows Tampa was the death metal capital of the whole world at the time. Of course. I went down there and musicians were just, you know, we were in the same, man, we were in the same bays as like Cannibal Corpse and Brutality and Monstrosity and, and so good. So yeah. everywhere, you know? So growing up, I mean, what, what was your first uh, like
0: kind of exposure to extreme music or even even heavy metal? Like what led you down this path?
1: It's funny, it's like everybody else's story. Like I, you know, I was in middle school or something like that, I went to a friend's house and he was playing some kiss records or something like that, you know. Yeah. So, like everybody else I heard kiss and then oh, um kiss, probably, yeah. He he was into a little bit of the heavier stuff, so he was showing me bands like some of the earlier thrash stuff like, you know, Death Angel yeah. and Sodom yeah. and Coroner and and all that kind of stuff and from okay. there it was just, I need to find like heavier and heavier and heavier
0: that's cool so what what was the band that crossed you over from like kiss and
1: shit to like more extreme music would you say it was like sodom or something like that well definitely the earlier thrash bands like the earlier creator stuff was some yeah. of my that's some of my most memorable memorable stuff forever like early creators like the best stuff on earth to me but yeah, yeah. it was like Sodom, coroner creator it was a lot of the german and european thrash metal bands but a- you know we went we went to the store we you know, we were finding CDs like um Cannibal Corpse, eating Back to Life. Remember that cover for that record? Oh, dude, yeah. Totally. yeah so we picked it up, and we are like, what is this, man? Like, this is something crazy. We got to hear this. And sure enough, it was even more heavy and more extreme than the thrash metal stuff we were listening to. So, totally. and it just went on from the Altars of Madness by Morbid Angel. You know, all the super early records is what, what transitioned me from, you know, I, I call it like the rock and roll stuff. Yeah. Into the heavier extreme stuff
0: makes sense. I mean, those are some of the best albums ever, dude. I still listen. I listen to alters of Madness all the time. I mean, you can't really get much better than that.
1: They're 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 classics. Yeah. Like if you're metal and you don't like alters of Madness, there's probably something wrong with you. You know, that's just
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I remember. I would think I was like twelve or thirteen when I first discovered. I was at a local record shop, and I discovered Tomb of the Mutilated. Yeah. Um, Took it out. It was a CD. I looked at the cover, and then all the song names on the back. And uh, for those that don't know, just go Google that. And uh, I just was like, I remember like n- knowing, saying to myself, like I'm not ready for this yet. Like it's this yeah. is like I'm scared of this right now. Like I was like Marilyn Manson and Slayer were like as heavy as I would go, and then I came yeah, well, to listen to that shit, dude. And that like it's it was all over. Cannibal course, is my favorite band for so long, and I've been just a death metal addict since then.
1: That's the Butchered at Birth cover, man. What about that album cover, man? Oh yeah, it's so brutal. That's...
0: To this That's- day, I mean, like, the, I don't, they they haven't on those, and there has really been no other band since, I don't think, that, I've, that I'm
1: aware of. <laughs> they're like the godfathers of that whole gore movement. Everybody else just copies them, you know? Every, I mean, and, and they're the best at it. I mean, flat out, they're the first and probably the best at it, you know?
0: Right, man. And still, like, going so strong at how old they are right now. I mean, like, they're not old by, like, society standards of old, but to be playing death metal. I mean, that's like they're like a science experiment, right? Like how they—they must be the oldest guys at that level still doing it, right?
1: They are, and they're the first band. I'm not sure if you maybe know this or not, but they're the first band to ever sell a million copies. Collective. So if you think about that, they're they're a death metal band that sold a million albums. That's crazy if you think about that. They're the first band or first death metal band. (laughs) And when I, I mean, truly death metal. metal. Yeah. you know, we were—I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. Like, you know, there's 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 real metal stuff, like you're talking about the Cannibal Corpse or the Dark Funeral or these kind of bands, or even the creators. And then you got the bigger bands, like we were talking about, like you know, arc Enemy, who who have a million listeners, but I don't really consider them, you know, really extreme metal. Yeah. They're almost like pop metal, you know, or something like that. Not—they're yeah. killer. They're killer too, but just different, you know. Yeah, like so you can say that about Slipknot, maybe too, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like that. They're good too. You know it's just a matter. Of, but you said an earlier band, Slayer. I mean, like Slayer was one of those bands also that transitioned me. You know, Slayer was right there with the earlier, you know, Sodom and that kind of stuff. And Slayer is one of my favorites to this day. They put out a couple records that I was, you know, not so crazy about, but just in general, man, they they're they're one of the best. Oh, totally,
0: man. I miss them, right? It's so weird that they're they're done and not, not touring anymore. You know.
1: Yeah. You know, but they they did, like, the whole Kiss thing for a little while. They kept saying it's their last tour, but it really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. I saw them what they called their first last tour. Really? <laughs> That's right. I'm cool. not going to see them again because I've seen Slayer probably three or four times, you know?
0: Nice, dude. Same. Yeah, they're the best, man. So what what made
1: you want to stop touring? <clears throat> man, it was, like, a lot of the environment. I'm really, like, you know, we talk about, like, even this, like, this whole podcast, The Death Comes Lifting and things like that. I'm really in try like to be healthy and um yeah, that's good it's not the healthiest environment you're constantly eating fast food not to mention if you're into the whole like drugs or the drinking thing or that kind of stuff so and the people like the pe- I'm not saying anything bad about the 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 metal fans cuz they're the best obviously they're they're cult I mean you know they they're loyal beyond any other fan in the whole world but for me it was like I was being around a bunch of like you know drunk people every night and if yeah. I wasn't or wasn't doing some drugs or something, yeah. I just felt out of place. It seems like that's just the lifestyle. It's, it's you and a lot of drunk people. And if you're, if you're not in a van with people that's like-minded with you, you know, it, it falls, everything sort of falls apart really quick because everybody's around you is getting high and getting drunk and getting wasted. And you're trying to maintain a better sort of lifestyle. And I'm, I was trying to transition out of that lifestyle. And I just made a decision one day right around 21 years old, I was like, okay, no more drugs, no more drinking, no more anything. So, and at that point, like I said, we got into a little trouble one time touring where everybody kind of almost went to jail. I was like, between the alcohol, the drugs, the chaos, it's just not for me right now, you know? Right, man, that totally makes sense. And that's something I ask being, you know, the Death Comes
0: Lifting podcast under the brand. I always ask bands and people that are in bands, is how do you, if at all, stay healthy on tour like you know we all always talk about that if you can exercise what you eat e- etc but uh yeah it's pretty conducive that no matter even how disciplined you are unless you have kind of all the money and luxury in the world it is almost impossible to stay completely
1: healthy on tour it is it's like i saw um i don't know if you're into dark theater or not but i follow that sure. guy you know the lord Aram i don't know how to pronounce his name or whatever but it's funny because a lot of days he'll be posting about how happy he is to be in a gym, you know, just because, you know, he can't have memberships to every gym across the country, but a lot of people will give him, you know, uh, a day access to the gym or whatever. He's always so when he can get into a gym because it's so hard, man. I mean, you're sitting on a, I mean, he's, he's fortunate enough to have a bus. I mean, imagine when you have a van. Right. Right. It's tough.
0: So, uh, around 21 is that when you got into the gym or a healthy lifestyle or is it always kind of in your background or how would that go
1: no it's funny i didn't get into the gym until about like five or six or seven years ago somewhere around that Shit. so i just stopped i just thought that okay in my life i've got to get away from the bad stuff the, the drugs or the alcohol or this kind of stuff because i knew i wanted to have a recording studio i know I, and you know all that stuff takes money man it takes money out of your pocket if you're buying cigarettes or booze or, or weed or cocaine or whatever you're buying all the time, you're not going to have a lot of extra money. So that's the first thing. So I am not even paid pay for much of anything as it was. But, you know, it's it's almost like if you're going that lifestyle, that's where your money is going to be spent. So it actually wasn't until I probably was about, uh, say, you know, right around 30 or, you know, right around there, I started getting into MMA, like all the mixed martial arts stuff. So I did that consistently for over 10 years, just lots of MMA, MMA, like two, three times a week. Well, I got sort of uh, uh, sick of people overpowering me in MMA because my skill set was very high, but, you know, my power wasn't up. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to split some of this MMA time and, and get into a gym. And, man, from there I just went like gym crazy. And that's been like the past, you know, five, six, seven years just going gym crazy crazy. And it helped my power, and it, it helped my MMA, and, and and those kind of things. So it was like I just I went in there with a mindset. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lift, man, and, and and stick to it. And and that's kind of how I am. You know, I don't I don't half ass anything. If right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Right. All or I'm nothing. That's do what. I'm like,
0: uh, yeah, I'm the same way, man.
1: man Got it. Yeah, man.
0: There's no other way.
1: So you didn't have a plan or anything when you hit the gym. You just kind of went on instinct, or how did you do that? Yeah, it's funny, man. I went on instinct. I went with this guy. That my brother knew who showed up at mma a couple times older guy pretty um you know pretty built you know and um i went in with him i didn't even have a pair of shoes at the time like he i mean you know in my car he was like just come on in with me man we're gonna go to the gym we're gonna get you started on this thing he gave me a pair of shoes and we just went in there and he started showing me stuff and then i went with him again and you know a couple weeks later i was i had my memberships down and i sort of followed his um advice and his routines for a little while but you know, after like you know six months, I started making my own routines and, and out. workouts online, and trying to just you know follow those routines. And now, That's man, it. if you saw my my routine list, it's 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 intense, it's crazy. All
0: right, well, let's talk about it, man. Yeah, I I love this shit. What is your routine like, or how has it evolved over the over the years, man?
1: So I got two different minds. Well, I got two or three different mindsets. So you know, just like everybody else, I try to change it up. You know, confuse my muscles a little bit. To, so yeah. I would. Heavy for, you know, a week or two, and then I would lift light for a week or two, you know, high reps, low weights, or, you know, heavy weights, low reps. So I did that for a while. I had, like, I'd go in, I'd do, like, you know, buy and try, or i do back and shoulders, this, that, or the other. Um, but then I started doing, you know what, I was going to do something, what I call my little focus workouts, where I would go in and I would only focus on one muscle for like the entire workout. And I know people say sometimes that's not the best thing to do, but it's what I did. And it worked for me because I confused my muscles even more. So I did that for a while. And now I'm at a point where, you know, I got a little injury. So I'm just kind of going in and doing full body now for like the past, you know, six, seven months before I jump back in to my original routine. So I have like about somewhere between I'd say eight to ten, True workouts that what you know they last anywhere from two to two and a half hours. Right. So, you know, I got a whole like just like everything super meticulous way I do things right right down the line. You know, heavy weights, light weights, reps, this, that, the other. It's it's like really meticulous, man.
0: I love that, man. And you're yeah, you're periodizing for those you know that don't know you know you got to change it up. You got to shock the muscles, and that's the way you can see consistent growth. If you just do the same thing over and over again, you're going to plateau inevitably.
1: Right. And well, that's what I know. I was like, man, I'm coming in here, you know, I'm doing the same stuff. And I even had to get to a point where I had to change. Uh, I had to get another gym membership because, you know, don't, don't laugh at me, man, because I was going to like I, I have to be a late night guy. Right. So I was going to the old Planet Fitnesses, you know, yeah. and I was getting, you know, there they're, they were 24 hours up you until you got do what you got to do, man. Yeah. So you know, in there and it's like, but, you know, that gym can only take you so far. You know, They only have, you know, up to you know 60, 75 pound weights and the machines right. are getting maxed out. So it's like I had to find time to join a different gym and, you know, just going into a different, different gym with a different plan that helped me see, you know, a a positive growth. I was, I was trying to get just bigger for a while, not just lean, but bigger. And, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't release the video on these podcasts, but anybody wants to look you up. I mean, your arms are huge, man. You look, you look great. I'm trying to appreciate it, man. I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I try not to, I was focused on my arms for a long time, but you know, I tried to, Change it up, and you know, folk, I'm really like right now. I'm really into like shoulders and back. You know, I like the yeah. I like the the the, the V look. You know? Yeah, yeah. Got to oh, build the straps man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm focused on that right now, but I'm still hitting arms. You know, but I'm I'm finding I'm I'm really liking the shoulders and the
0: the back and oh. the chest. You know, sure, man. And the thing is, your arms get secondary work. Through chest, back, shoulders. I mean, you're using your triceps, your biceps. So it's not like you're neglecting your arms even when you do do that. So, like a full body routine, totally can take care of your arms and all the accessory muscles
1: too. That's 100%. I watched this one guy, man, who's pretty ripped up and I forget his name or whatever. That's exactly what he said. He said, Look, I'm not even working my arms anymore. And this dude, this dude's stacked. You know, he's, I'm not even working my arms anymore. I just do everything else. And, And just exactly what you said, he's, my arms are always working regardless.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah, do like bend over barbell rows heavy enough and, you know, tell me you're not working your biceps, right? Same. Right. Yeah. Ch- tr- chest press, same thing, right? That, that's great, man. Um, so when you're full, what are your full body routines look like? Do you just kind of switch it up and do do a little bit of everything? Do you have a, a method for that?
1: Yeah, well, I do have, um. Uh, I have full bodies in different sections of the gym. So I know I'm getting like super meticulous right now. Like I'll do a full body workout just all with free weights one day okay. and then I'll go minus the legs right I got to go somewhere else for legs and I, I sort of slack on that if I'm being honest with you you slack so, on leg day on me bro that's yeah, like man <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy my friend makes fun of me he said you're gonna be that guy with the bird legs and you know and, so I slack a little bit there but um so you know I'll, I'll do a full body workout just with cables and I'll do a full body workout with um you know machines I'll do one with free weights and then I'll do, just do a day where I mix it all up nice man possibly well,
0: just you know you that's the best way to do it and the important thing is whether you skip legs or not at you or anybody listening you found something that works for you and you like and you stick to you know the the main problem with people within fitness world is they get burnt out or they just don't like it so they don't stick to it so find something you like that you enjoy that you're addicted to if you can like i feel like you are i feel like i am you know it's our thing and just do it that's the most
1: important thing like you, you said the word, man, addicted. It's just like, it's like drugs, man. If I'm yeah. like right now, I'm a little sick. So I'm staying out of the gym to keep people safe, you know? Right. And uh, obviously I don't want to be in there sick, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm fiending to go to the gym. Like I'm two or three days removed from it and, and you, you, you're addicted to it and you feel like you gotta be in there. Dude. And, and it, it's like, therapy. You know, yeah. And you said something else too, man. Um, Oh shit. I, I had a thought that you were saying, but you, you go into the gym You get addicted and it's like for me for me personally um if if I'm not in a gym at least four days a week I feel like I'm missing something and I used to do like five five days a week or more sometimes but now I'm down to four I feel like I was sort of overworking some of my joints and I was feeling some pressure in there and um, so I cut it back down to four right now especially with this injury but you know it's um it's it's hard it's but you know it's awesome
0: Oh, totally. man. Well, sometimes, I mean, especially if you're trying to gain size, I mean, you know, not that I'm the biggest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes less is more, you know, three or four days a week, you have that more rest time to recover and add more calories to you that you're not burning off in the gym. I just like to go four or five, six times a week because I, like you said, I'm addicted to it. It's more of a mental thing for me rather than a totally physical thing.
1: You oh know? yeah. I, I was at at one point and then I'm just sort of like taking it easy right now. Just, just, I got a pretty bad, I got a bad injury man from lifting a while back and then I messed up? What happened? I, I had a rotator cuff surgery. Oh, that's tough. Man. And then man, you wouldn't believe the story. It was nice and healed and everything was feeling great. And I was in a gym real late at night one night and I asked this guy to spot me and you know, just assuming, assuming he would spot me the correct way. Yeah. And he didn't, and I re I re injured it, and you know, so I'm 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 sort of like staying out of MMA right now for that very reason, because if I get arm barred or something and just pull back out. But just speaking of MMA, it, it's speaking about skipping leg days. You know, yeah. I, a lot of MMA is legs, so my legs oh, yeah. are pretty strong already. You know, from the kicking and all the grappling and things like that. So I sort of slacked in the gym, just thinking, oh man, I got MMA for my legs. But then I stopped doing that for the injury. Now I know I'm really slacking. Do you not do legs at all? I'm gonna get my I'm gonna do my personal trainer thing on you. What do you do for legs? No, no, I, I do them. I do them. It's just really reluctant. If I go into a gym to do legs, I feel like man, I don't. But I, you know, I got a, a workout partner, and she, and you know, she she does legs a lot. So sometimes I'll I'll jump in on her leg days and be like, you know, I got to do I got to do legs, man.
0: Yeah.
1: do you deadlift? No, I can't because I have a back injury too. Believe it or not, oh, I, had a BM, I had a BMX. Uh, a bike accident a while, you know, when I was a kid or whatever. Okay. So, when I when I go to do that, my back is all torn up, man. I got pinched nerve. Oh. So, I've tried to do the deadlift stuff before and it's man, it, it kills me. So, you know, it's something I got to stay away from even though I know it's like crucial. Man, well, hey, I man,
0: it's it's not crucial if you do it, and it's going to fuck up your back, then you can't move and do anything. So, yeah, definitely stay away from it, man, for sure. Yeah. That no, was for people that hate doing legs or, you know, it, all you really have to do is squat and deadlift. That's it, you know. to To build up your legs. I mean, if you really don't want to do them, you can do those two movements, and they work everything else
1: too. You know. I mean, I've heard people say that too. Man. Like that's the most important thing, man. Just, like, I'll get back on the legs a little bit more intense here. You know, I should be working my legs more, but the arm injury, you know, just that's right. Probably a good excuse when to do. When you re-injured your arm, you
0: said from the spotter. Was that on a bench press?
1: <laughs> it was on, man. I was going for a. So you know how you got the Smith Smith machines and you got the real like the real benches? Sure, yeah. So I threw three plates on each side, whatever that is, uh uh you know, three forty fives on each side. Yeah. And I threw a couple of those, you know, like two, three reps of that. Damn, dude. Nice, man. That's a yeah. lot. Three man, I, get, yeah. I can get a couple of those in, you know. Yeah. So I'll that and probably threw like, you know, I, I can't I can't remember if it was three forty fives per side, like a five or something like that, crazy. I just assuming the dude would would help me and he, he didn't help me at all. So you know, when I pulled it back, it just—I I thought he was going to help me, and it just crunched it back a little bit. Oh shit! It's my fault, man, for asking somebody that you know I wasn't familiar with. You know? Right. Do you uh do you ever go to physical therapy for it or anything like that? Well, when I had my initial yeah. surgery you know, many years ago, I had to do physical therapy, and it, it got my arm back in shape. So I still have all the, okay. know, the physical therapy papers, and I could probably do those right now. But I'm always under the mindset that I'm getting better. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, my mind. oh it's it's healing man like i'm sick right now but i'm not telling you i'm sick i'm telling you i'm getting better
0: no, you know no no you're you're good i'm sorry i'm just doing my like personal trainer physical therapist like thing it just comes out i'm like how yeah. to make sure like you doing what you're supposed to be doing because if not i got you man <laughs> you know yeah.
1: but i tell you what man if you got any suggestions send them my way oh because, yeah you cool. know some some, you know little tips for it you know
0: totally we'll email i'll, I'll email you after this we'll, we'll stay in touch with some stuff no, that. yeah that's what i do man i mean i do uh do physical therapy occupational therapy and personal training on the on the side as my real job before i do death comes lifting so i mean okay. anything you need anything you want to talk about bro that's it. i
1: always tell no, you send it to me man send me anything you got and i'm always in the mindset of power through but sometimes you can't just power through you know no, sometimes that's actually the worst thing
0: you can do, which is like the the hardest thing mentally, because like I'm the same. You just nose to the grindstone and keep going because why not? But sometimes it just fucks you up more.
1: It's yeah. horrible. You go in there and you're lifting and you're like, man, like you're always trying to lift more and more and more, and then you have to take a step back, and just taking a step back mentally jacks you yeah. up, you know? Totally. Like, like I was when I when I had to start over with my surgery, I had to literally start over. I mean. You know, if I was lifting on a regular bench, you know, you know, two twenty-five, just repping that out on on a regular bench, you know, and then I was like, I was throwing on twenty-five aside, you know, lifting ninety-five pounds from two twenty-five just to rebuild it back up, but it worked. And yeah, you have to, man. You have to. But I mean, for
0: know, those that don't know, man, you know, a rotator right? cuff, like you can't even like lift a coffee cup sometimes, man. Well, like, well, that's why I had surgery because I couldn't lift a gallon of milk, man. Yeah, see.
1: Yeah, So that's why I said yeah, Five
0: is- pounds is a lot for that, man. I mean, you know, it's all relative, bro. You know, if you're not healthy and you're recovering from rotator cuff, that's, uh, that's impressive. It's very impressive. Hear- so what do you listen to in the gym? What do, What's your, do you have a playlist? Do you have a favorite, favorite songs or music to listen to when you live?
1: Man, I listen to everything. Like, you know, it's not just metal. I mean, I hear- we listen to everything. When we go to the gym. It's like, you know, we'll listen to <clears throat> rock stuff. We we'll listen to metal stuff. We will listen to pop stuff. Um, it, it could really, it could really run the gamut of anything. Anything. I don't, I don't like pigeonhole myself into metal. Look, metal's my first love. It's you know, it's what I'll always be. But at the same time, you can't listen to you know, uh, uh, a Dark Funeral every day, all day. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't
0: recommend it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm the same, man. I'm the same. We listen to rock and roll, man. We listen to it's anything, really. It's just anything that gets going. I still – man, we still throw on the old, like, pop punk rock sometimes just to kind of change it up, you know? different vibe. It's a different energy you need, whatever suits the workout, you know?
0: Anybody that ever looks at our playlist, you know, it's totally all over the place, you know? So, uh,
1: but there's nothing – that creator, man. That, that creator, that's some of my favorite stuff, some of the creator stuff. To get, really to creator? Get- yeah, dude, that's huge. Yeah. I like that thrash, though, sometimes, you know, it's just good riffs and, and just like, yeah, it's just yeah. driving and motivating, you know, as opposed to like black metal. It it, it gives you more of a vibe mm-hmm. as opposed to like a drive, if that makes sense. You know, you listen I to like
0: that. Yeah, man, that's true.
1: Give you a drive or something and, and thrash gives you that drive. But you listen to black metal, even though it's killer, it almost creates this atmosphere, you know. Totally, totally, man. And your music, uh, the more
0: I listen to it, I mean, it's definitely black metal influence as well. So yeah. you, I can t- definitely tell you're heavily into that as well as death metal.
1: Right? Yeah. I, I try to tell people that when I write music, it's I call it semi-technical death black thrash. Ooh, it's like all, that. Above.
0: all of the above.
1: Yeah, the above. Yeah. You'll hear some riffs that you'll think you're listening to Overkill, and then you'll hear Cetherial or Dark Funeral, and then you'll hear an, you know, an Aeon style riff or an old Deicide style riff. It, it just, and um, a lot of people say, "Man, your music's really just all over the place." But that's what it's supposed to be. You know, the only the only really negative comments we get about it is that it's too chaotic and it's too all over the place. So, but in a way, that that's what I'm going for. So it's only negative if you don't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people kind of, that's a compliment. Yeah, but we um, I try to say if you can kind of predict what's going to happen. I shouldn't be writing it that way,
0: right? So, what what is your your uh, role in the band? Do you write all the music, or wh- where? Uh... Yeah.
1: I write pretty much all the you know all the riffs, obviously. Write all the lyrics, which the lyrics are super super important to me. Um, I do all the recording, the mixing, the mastering, the production. <clears throat> so I got an outside guy for drums. He's been with me for the last four or five albums. Okay. Yeah. I got a brand new bass player for the most recent record. So it's, it's usually, um, you know, just bringing a bass player and a drummer, and my drummer works really well with me, so I'll send him all the songs. He'll send me a bunch of ideas back, and then we'll send the, 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 the ideas back and forth three or four times before we get the exact drums that we want.
0: Awesome, man. I mean, yeah, you pretty much have the formula nailed down at this point. I mean, you got so many records. I was trying to listen through to them all, and I just I couldn't even get through them all, man. You have to, I, You had way more than
1: I was anticipating. It's pretty impressive. Dude. And it's like 20, 30, it's like 20 or 5 years or something like that. And it's the process is really refined now because I've had the same drummer for a while. Sure. And that's the, the key because, you know, I, I went through drummers like, like fire, man. I was just like – and they're some of the best drummers in the world. If you look up the drummers that I've had, man, before they – Went big, like it's some of the guys that have drummed for like you know Jimmy gear Hate Eternal, Morbid Angel. Like there's these guys that have went on and really, and they're amazing. They taught me. They those guys taught me stuff. Right. The, the guy, I recorded my first record, uh, the first home studio record, with was a guy named Derek Roddy, and he makes his living just doing drums at this point. That's I mean he's major in the death metal world. And um, he taught me so much. And I was trying to pick up something from, you know, all these guys that I work with. And as long as you're listening, you can always learn something from anybody that you're working with. And so these guys have taught me so much over the years, anything from recording to how to write songs, to how to structure things. And um, I was just refined, you know? That's that's cool as fuck, man. When you say the
0: lyrics are, uh, are really important to you, uh, what's that What's that process like to you? Where, where do your lyrics come from? Is the concept different for every record? Or what, what's the... Yeah.
1: So the last four records have been conceptual records They're I, I just call them mini movies. Okay. Right? Just mini movies. I, get, I get that vibe for sure. Yeah, and it is. It's a story from start to finish. So the last four records have been, have been stories. And what's cool about it is in, in a couple of the records, there's hints to the other records that are coming. So, you know, there's like these little, you know, how if you watch the end of a movie or something, you see a little tidbit of information that leads you to another movie. So I sort of did that on my, but before that, it was all about like, you know, historical things, um, you know, space and that kind of stuff. So now I'm sort of writing space sci-fi fantasy with some of my real beliefs mixed in and it gets really complicated, but you know, it's, that's the most important thing. I mean,
0: it's dense you know, if you want to look at, that's what I (laughs) kind of like about lyrics and death metal and, and concepts. Like if you don't want anything to do with it, if you want to just listen to the music to get the vibe and not understand lyrics, you totally can. It's totally killer. And it's totally awesome. But like for a band like you or Nile or things like that, if you want to look into the concepts, if you want to, if you want to unravel that open Pandora's box, if you will, like that's there. I think that's very, um, that's very special. It, it adds a lot of value to your music for me, just knowing that really.
1: And they're, they're the most, uh, I consider them the, the most important thing of all And, you know, it's my label didn't send out lyric sheets with the release of the last record. And I was a little bit bummed about that. But, you know, they they do have the booklets and things in inside. But when they were sending the press packs out, you know, the digital copies, they didn't send the lyric sheet. I was really bummed about that because, you know, that's that's a movie. If you just read it, it's a movie, like I said. And um, to not a couple people reached out to me and said, look, we got the press pack, but it doesn't have lyrics in it. And I had to send them the lyrics. Okay. so. Yeah, and, um, and that's how important it is to me. I'll, I'll uh, You know, I'm, I'm a little irritated with my label right now because the lyrics aren't on Spotify. You know, and it's been out for, what, two weeks almost. And the lyrics still aren't on Spotify, which is really kind of bugging me a little bit, you know. Yeah, man. I What is that? So you have no
0: control over that, right? That's totally up to yeah. the label.
1: Yeah, I control every single I, I control all of my own records except the latest one. So I've got all the rights back over the years for all of my albums, except the latest one, and they'll own it for a little while. So I, I really got to stay on their butts to do things the, the way that I want them. And they're, they're a big label. They're awesome. Like, they know how to do things better than me. But what label, <laughs> you have to say, I want they, my lyrics up there.
0: What, what label are you on for the? everyone who wants to
1: look it up? Is it Hammerheart? It's Hammerheart, who's a, like a subdivision of Napalm now, I guess. Napalm Records. Okay. okay, very cool, man. Very cool. Little, team or something like that now awesome man
0: well yeah let's get let's get on them to get the lyrics up because i want to know what the lyrics are for sure
1: yeah I, man, I'll, I'll ship I'll, I'll email you the lyrics email <laughs> me the lyrics dude that'd be
0: awesome man do you um yeah. so do you have a background in uh before you got into music did you did you like writing or uh literature or, like reading or anything like that that would uh, uh dude, I've,
1: you I, I've been reading since i was a little kid my father man he's he's an avid reader yeah. like out in the garage we had just mountains of books And then you know he had a friend that passed, and we. When I tell you this, you're not going to believe me, but it's it's the God's honest truth. Like he had an apartment building stacked from floor to ceiling with books, so there was like just a corridor that you had to walk through his apartment. I mean, he had, I mean, when I say thousands, he probably had tens of thousands of books. So between him and my father, I mean, we've had mountains of books forever. So. I always like, you know, sci-fi. I always like fantasy. I always like those kind of things, but you, know, man, I, I'll read anything I can get my hands on. You know, I've, I've read, you know, the Bible cover to cover, like you know, probably four times now. I've read all the religious stuff, the Quran. I've read everything that you can read like that, and you know, because I've been so busy lately with everything, I've kind of stop reading for a little while except the bible i still read the bible but you know i've, I've just been i put down the books for a little while but man I, when i was a kid that's what i did i sat in my, you know we didn't have the internet right we didn't have the internet when i was a kid we didn't have like all these video games and cell phones and stuff like that so i just sit in my room and read and play guitar man i'm a very avid reader myself so that's why that's why i
0: ask and actually i wish my co-host Schuler was here we'll have to have you back on and he'll come he's yeah. actually a writing professor and he's a he's an english nerd so We'll have a field day about that sometime, man. But uh, that's interesting that you, uh, reading the Bible and all the religious things. I have too, just because I find it fascinating and just beautiful and uh, allegorical in like so many important ways. But do you consider yourself, are you a religious or spiritual person?
1: Oh, for sure, man, for sure. And if you, it's funny, the last four records, if you read the lyrics and you're paying attention, they're all very religious-based, you know? They're all based upon God and Christianity but you have to look for it right you have to it''s it's, it's in there yeah. but if you know the reading it's there and, yeah. and you know with, like the last record the apocalypse record even if you look at the front covers you'll you'll there's hints to it you got aliens on the front cover but if you look they're sort of standing in front of a serpent on a tree so like it's like telling you these aliens are not really aliens they're demons who have now disguised themselves as aliens to fool the human race you know? And if you look up in the back, there's a hill. There's Calvary up in the background, three crosses that Christ was on. And, you know, there's angels literally falling through a portal in the sky. So it's like it's hidden in the lyrics, but it's not even really hidden on the front covers. You can see it plain as day. Sure. And the new album cover, I'm not sure if you had a chance to see it yet. But oh, yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> so what you're looking at on that front cover is Nimrod from okay. the Bible, we'll the mighty yeah, so in what you're looking at is Nimrod. He's blowing his horn, summoning his army. So that's the Tower of Babel. They're all going through it as he's declaring war upon God. And they're going through this portal because that's how they, you know, reached the heavens. They're going to go through Nimrod's portal in the sky, which is why he was building the Tower of Babel to begin with. So even that cover, if you look at it, it's it's very religious-based, you know? That's rad, dude. Were, were you raised a Christian or Catholic or anything? The thing is, I'm sort of um, – Yes and no. So my mother always said she was a Christian, this, that, or the other, but you know, I never saw her reading the Bible. And she used to kind of irritate me because she used to say she just had faith, 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 faith. And I'm like, how do you have faith? You're not even reading your Bible. You're not even doing this. You're not you're not doing anything. Right. And you know, you know, and it, it's funny because it looking back, it's sort of I like I envy her now because she just had the true faith. Where me, I've had to like search for it and and, and look for signs and, and and you know just constantly read and 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 you know convince myself but over the past you know 15 years man it's like you the more you look into it and the more you read and the more you learn and the more you try to disprove it's like man like you can't right, you know right. at least that that's my journey you know we're all on
0: our own path man i like that i mean you don't really see that represented a whole lot in extreme music in fact you see the opposite a lot of represented more so
1: it's funny because it's tough, man. I like I listen to some of my favorite bands, like you know Dark Funeral, for example, and they stand for the exact opposite thing that I stand for. Sure. But it's like you, when you hear the music, there's just no denying that it's amazing music they're putting out. So I don't have to necessarily like you don't have to be a Christian to listen to my music. You can still vibe. Right? I don't have to be a Satan a Satanist to listen to Dark Funeral. It's almost like I can just appreciate the music and what they do professionally, and even though I read the lyrics and I understand it and I grasp what they're saying, I don't have to believe it. It's almost like watching a horror movie. I'm not going to go kill somebody because I watched a horror movie. I'm not going to go worship Satan because I listen to Dark Funeral, and I'm not going to go gut someone because I listen to Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, of course. So that's sort of the way I separate it, you know. And, and I try not to wear, you know, apparel that represents satan or this that the other i went through a phase where i sold every shirt that i had that was you know everything that had to do with that yeah. but then i was thinking to myself I'm, I'm going really extreme you know i know my beliefs i know what i'm about and and so you know i still have a couple shirts here and there that, that have sure. some of the on it, but you know it, it, you know it's one of those things man it's just one of those things I don't i don't have to buy into the whole satanic concept to to listen to the music you know of course not and most of and most metalheads anyway i mean they know that you know how many fans
0: and metalheads do you know that aren't actually satanic or a, even atheists that love all this shit i mean most of them you know what i mean like that's a stigma well, that, that is around yeah it's the nicest sweetest most wholesome people ever you know and no, also no. thank you for wearing my lift weights drink blood shirt that no. has a red upside down cross at the bottom no.
1: So Funny, we discussed that. We discussed the upside down cross on the shirt, is just so killer, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. killer. So, I, I gotta wear it, man. It's just a killer shirt, you know? Thank you. I wear, I wear that thing all the time, man. It's thank you. No be more coming your way. We really appreciate it, bro. <clears throat> no, nah, man, I got the other one too. They fit so good, man. They fit like they fit the way a shirt should fit. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I, I made that a a very strong point when I when I've wanted to put them out. And they should be comfortable and good for the gym and fit and make you feel good, man. So I appreciate you rocking it, dude. I, dude, I appreciate you sending them. They're awesome
1: shirts, man. I wear, wear the crap out of them. You
0: got it, man. You're a sponsored death metal athlete, dude. That's <laughs> That's the, awesome. a, a fellow death metal meathead is very much welcome on our team, brother. I appreciate Which, it, man. Yeah, man. So uh, this actually is... Um, this has been really cool, man. I really appreciate I really appreciate you taking the time, you know. As we wind down, our podcasts are about forty five minutes. So I always want to ask a question at the <laughs> end here. Uh we ask this to everybody. And uh building on our last thing we talked about with um uh the not even necessarily hidden, but messages of uh Christianity and your music and or just religious parallels. I'm very interested to hear what you have to what your answer is to this question. So All we ask right. everybody. What is your favorite Black Sabbath album?
1: God, man. That's tough. You're, you're, man, you're really putting me on the spot like that, man. Oh, I know, oh, dude. Man. Take your time. I mean, we ask this for everybody.
0: That's why we give you enough time to prepare. We draw. It's a hammer drop. And I'll give you, while you think about this, I'll just say, like, why I think I, I wanted to ask you this question based on what we just talked about was one of my favorite. It's not my favorite, but it's probably my second favorite Sabbath album is Master of Reality and that oh, is like it's the heaviest album but the themes in there of spirituality and christianity are so powerful and they're so f- at the forefront of the lyrics and of the music that uh they're kind of like masters of, of disguise man i mean they're delivering an album that literally created doom and heavy metal but yeah, you- the majority of the lyrics are very they're 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 very uh rooted in christianity and uh positivity
1: and faith you know <laughs> So funny. So many people don't understand that about some of that Black Sabbath stuff. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. It's got bad, 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 bad. But it's not, man. It's not bad at all. You might be right. That, man, that's tough. <laughs> you might be right, man. That might be the best record. Yeah. But first, man, the first one is so iconic, too, man. I don't oh uh, there's no wrong answer
0: i mean my my favorite is sabotage honestly but my second favorite is master of reality i'm I'm an aussie era fan but i mean we've had every answer on this podcast possible
1: i I think i think you're probably right man i I think you're right with the Master of reality but i think you're also right in the fact that aussie is probably you know my favorite era of of sabbath too i mean you can't say anything wrong you know can't say anything wrong about any of the Sabbath stuff really Dio stuff like it's like nothing man that even the tony martin stuff rules dude yeah exactly man i mean yeah. even like even though if you say that's okay that turn my stuff that might be the the worst era but even that is killer it's sick it's, yeah it's sick in comparison
0: to the first five albums yeah it sucks but like it as a whole it rocks you know
1: might be the best record it's it's a toss up, man, between that and the first one. It's a toss just because it's so classic and so iconic. So I, I don't yeah know. yeah you
0: can't you can't go wrong either way. it Depends on the day, either master or the first one. Yeah, which which I agree, man. I mean,
1: they're all yeah, those, the those the two. Those two for me. And, and if I, if you made me choose on the spot, yeah, you yeah. have you made me choose. Yeah,
0: yeah, then, I like that, man. That's what I I, I kind of was like thinking you'd say that based on that man i mean the lyrics these are he, is such an underrated lyricist man i mean obviously everyone knows he plays bass but like the shit yeah. he's coming up with i mean when he was fucking 20 years old is it's, it's insane man
1: you know it's funny i mean not to not to extend the podcast but just like you said cool. just just like you said like people really don't understand if you're listening to master reality like the lyrical content involved like they don't really understand it, and just because it's Black Sabbath and this, that, or the other, it's automatically satanic, you know. <clears throat> and I still get lumped in with that today. Like my um, the latest single we put out. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the music videos yet, but uh, you know, there's lines in there six 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 zero oh, by six six six. And then, you know, I've even had comments on my threads. It's like, oh man, you guys, I feel sorry for your souls. You're going to hell. This, that, or the other. Yeah. yeah. Red, if you understood what I was saying right now, first of all, you're listening to lyrics that's a movie. But second of all, I'm talking about the dimensions of the Washington Monument, okay? Like, that's, that's so bad. I'm not telling you I am want the sign of the number of the beast on my head. I'm, I'm giving you dimensions of a monument. Yeah, that's and so funny. if they want me in there, I'm, I'm Satan because of that, you know? Hey man,
0: Well, that's cool, though. Like, I like that you kind of, like, mess with people in that way, and you know? Sabbath doing that like what they did on Master of Reality, giving you this heavy metal album with those spiritual and Christian undertones, like that's in many ways influenced what I do with Death Comes Lifting. You know, on the surface, I want it to be evil and heavy metal and dark and campy like horror movie, but at the end of the day it's an overwhelmingly positive,
1: helpful message if you care to read it. So your company is awesome. Just just blending lifting metal, it's awesome. There was something I was on last year i don't know if you saw it it's a workout company it's called metal workout have you ever seen that oh, they put out workout videos right with like death metal playing in the background it's it's yeah. awesome just check it out it's called metal workout they're revamping right now so they're really going strong oh. so it's killer man like so we got this company that's putting out workout videos with metal We you got your company that's doing you know literal lifting and gym stuff with metal and it's just just awesome to see companies doing this kind of stuff
0: man Yeah, dude, I love it, and I love to see. I want to see more of it. So you know, Metal Workout, I'll follow them. Uh, Thank you for letting me know. And I know, uh, I just saw the other day Alex Webster has a new column for Decibel called Health Awaits. You know, where he talks about yeah, he's uh, he's an avid runner, and uh, you know, he's a healthy dude. So he has a column, or I don't know if it's a podcast or a written thing that he does for Decibel Magazine about health and wellness. And that's the fucking bass player of Campbell Corp. So I mean, it's there. idea about that that just terrible. came out like it was i just saw it the other day so yeah look up decibel and
1: uh, you'll see it so he, he he's one of the sickest bass players ever oh, like, one of this, the sickest musicians ever period yeah. you know he, his contribution to cannibal Corpse is like insane you know the dude is just he's there man i like i sat and ate one day like some pancakes with him at waffle house or something really or not waffle sorry it was like an ihop or something and I'm just taking in everything at the time because, you know, they were torn and big and I was just kind of getting started. And, like, I'm just listening to this dude talk and he's just blowing my mind. So intelligent, man. Like Such you, Because they are doing this, this gore craziness. But the guy is, like, just so intelligent, you know. So it doesn't surprise me that he's into health and fitness, you know. Yeah, because he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. And so are you, Ron. You're the man, bro. Thank you. For hey, taking- I, I, I'm trying to. I appreciate you talking to me, man. I
0: I, I really appreciate it. Uh, we will definitely have you back on again. Uh, we'll stay in touch via email or message or whatever. We'll talk talk about your, your fitness game. We'll stay on top of you. I'm going to send you some shoulder exercises and all that Yeah. Shit, man. And, gonna, yeah. Lyrics, man. Yeah, definitely. I want to read them. So thank you, bro. And uh, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you very much, man. We will talk soon. Have a good rest of your night and keep up with the good. Good morning, my friend. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye, buddy.